0: Hello, greeting everyone, greetings everyone, Uh, I am Dr. Ken uh, and I'm here to continue this series on recovery issues, a series that's on video on YouTube as well as on several podcasts, the audio part. I'm glad to be with you again today, I hope you're doing well today and uh, let's get started. Our topic today is Pentecost and recovery. Uh, but as we always begin, uh, we'll start with a prayer. And uh, before we say our opening prayer together, uh, why don't we take just a moment to uh, kind of focus our attention, uh, to quiet our ourselves uh, a bit, to uh, bring our focus to this topic and to let other concerns of the world in our lives uh, that may be distractions to kind of allow them to settle down uh, and drift away. Uh, And we'll do that with a brief period of stillness and quiet and and silence, we encounter God and we encounter ourselves. Uh, And so silence is very healthy for us in the process of our spiritual lives and uh, psychological transformation. Uh, So we'll begin with a moment of quiet focus. And then we'll have the opening prayer. So let us pray this prayer together. If you're watching the video, you can see it on your screen. Holy Spirit, we call upon you now to join us in this hour in a special way. We ask for your wisdom and healing. Encourage and inspire us with clear thinking, understanding, and truth. Fill us with the deep and satisfying fire of your love. Amen. Amen, Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so as I mentioned, the audio portion of this uh, uh, is available on podcast. If you would rather listen, uh, perhaps while you're driving or doing something else safe, uh, instead of watching the video, uh, you're welcome to look for the podcast uh, called Encounter with Dr. Kim on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, uh, Radio Public, and Spotify. So, in the previous episode, the previous meeting, we covered obstacles, uh, overcoming obstacles in recovery, and we looked at 11 potential obstacles. I'm sure there's probably more than that, but we looked at 11 common ones, and then we considered 11 possible remedies for these uh, obstacles that we reviewed. Uh, I'm not going to go into specifics on that. If you're interested in that topic, you're welcome to go back and find the the previous episode session. So what is the connection between Pentecost and recovery? You're probably thinking, Dr. Ken, uh, you've lost your mind and gone off into the deep end uh, because of of trying to put these two things together. Um, Aren't you a psychologist? What's the matter with you? So uh, let me see if I can explain a little bit about this. Uh, So one thing we know is that humans are uh, created by God, Uh, we are fallen, and yet we are also redeemed by the blood of Christ. Um, We know that despite being redeemed, the desires of the body due to the fall are still uh, no longer consistently subordinated to reason. And so we may be tempted at times, often through the body. And, and these are things that we see happening sometimes in the midst of addictions. Uh, I think two of the most common difficult addictions uh, to deal with are addictions to uh, food, compulsive overeating, and sex, uh, compulsive sexual behavior, uh, both uh, par- uh, aspects of what it means to be human and, and both of them involving the body certainly uh, addictions to other things, cigarette smoking and alcohol and gambling, all these other things, uh, definitely powerful, uh, significant, and can be deadly addictions for sure. Um, But food and sex are very common addictions that uh, are behaviors and uh, orientation to those things that can be natural and healthy. They can get very much out of whack and become compulsive and disordered and unhealthy. Uh, Many People struggle with these two things, food and sex problems, uh, but don't get any help for them. Uh, we see it so common in our culture today, actually. Uh, so uh, it's it's a, dis, a, it's a desires of the body are disordered because of the fall. Um, we should think that all humans are in recovery. Uh, I first kind of got turned on to this topic by Father Emmerich Vogt, uh, a Dominican priest who's worked in. The recovery field for I don't know 25 or 30 years, um, but he wrote this really interesting, fantastic book called *The Freedom to Love*. Um, and he he starts off kind of making this point that um, if we have this view of humans as created and fallen, redeemed, uh, disordered desires, and so forth, that you could consider a broad definition of recovery, uh, so that all humans really should be or could be. Um, in recovery and and perhaps Christians believe that uh, because of because of these uh, ideas that that Christians see we see ourselves as sinful and needing of God's grace. Uh, and so we could think, yes, we're all in recovery together, not just the alcoholics or the gam- gambling addicts, but all of us. all of us are in recovery in a sense. Um, after Jesus ascended to heaven, um, he he says to us, uh, that we are not left alone. He says, "I'll never leave you alone. I'm with you always until the end of time." Um, and he also uh, says that he's going to send an advocate. He's going to send us the Holy Spirit. Uh, so let's let's think about what this means uh, for us. And basically, two points: uh, it means for us hope that we're not left alone, that we're receiving this advocate, and it means healing uh, that that uh, there is something. Good that can happen to us. It can can uh, make us transformed and whole again uh, through the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so let's talk about Pentecost. Uh, celebration is coming up uh, at the end of Easter here. What is Pentecost? So we know that in looking at the history of the Jewish uh, Jewish religion, that fifth fiftieth day celebrations. Uh, were part of that that religious tradition and and, uh, uh, were were marked in a special way. Um, So this term Pentecost literally means 50th, and it has to do for Christians uh, with the Easter season, which is 50 days. So we celebrate Easter Sunday and then 50 days come to Pentecost. Um, John the Baptist uh, said uh, to his followers, he said, um, his, that his baptism of water uh, was nothing compared to the baptism of the Messiah, which would involve the Holy Spirit and fire. Uh, really, an interesting, uh, fantastic comment. Uh, John the Baptist was kind of giving us, giving them uh, that hope: is like, wait, wait till you see what's coming. Uh, you think this baptism of water is a good thing? Just hold on and, and see. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would be sent after he ascended. Uh, we see this in John 14, 16. He says, I'm going to send you the advocate, but I can't stick around for that. Uh, if I stick around, then the advocate can't come, so you have to let me go. Um, and the uh, event of the Pentecost, uh, the event of the descent of the Holy Spirit, is described in the second chapter of Acts. Uh, quite a fantastic Uh, amazing description of what happened to the apostles uh, there. Uh, Peter says, uh, after the descent of the Holy Spirit and the the powerful effect on uh, those disciples, uh, Peter says, you see these amazing, great things happening in these people. These people are not drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk. Uh, You may think they're drunk because of, of what you see happening to them, of being so filled with grace and joy and so forth in the spirit, they're not drunk. I I always think that's such an interesting thing um, that people might suspect that, uh, seeing somebody filled with the Holy Spirit, seeing somebody full of grace in that way. Um, The celebration of Pentecost, the marking of this uh, feast day, this holiday, uh, became a significant celebration for Christians uh, over the centuries like Easter and Christmas. Uh, So one question that I want to uh, have you consider is how well do we really know the Holy Spirit? Uh, We know a lot about Jesus. We read about Jesus in the scriptures. Uh, We, we also uh, hear Jesus talk about the father and we, we know from the scriptures too, something about the father. We know because of our earthly uh, fathers, we know something about how fathers are, and so we kind of know the Father and the Son, Jesus. Uh, sometimes we wonder, you know, what, what's really going on with the Holy Spirit? Um, a, a great Jesuit uh, priest, uh, when, he retri- when he retired, uh, Father Jacques Weber, who's uh, famous in Houston for uh, uh, helping to begin Strike Jesuit uh, in Houston, uh, Father Jacques in Mass kind of just spontaneously said one time as a retired priest, um, you know, I look back on my relationship with God and, and Jesus, and I think maybe I've neglected my relationship with the Holy Spirit. So in my old age, I think I'm going to work on my relationship with the Holy Spirit. And uh, the, the people that were in attendance at that uh, mass during the week uh, really enjoyed hearing that and were kind of amazed by that kind of a statement. But I think it's probably so true for all of us uh, perhaps sometimes we neglect our relationship with the Holy Spirit. So let's, let's think about this. The Holy Spirit is one of three persons of God, along with the Father and the Son, Jesus. Uh, there are many references in the sacred scriptures to the Holy Spirit in both the Old and the New Testaments. The Holy Spirit descended on the disciples after Jesus ascended to heaven. That's Pentecost. We talk about that, that uh, event. Um, the new adult Catholic, uh, often days a teenager, Uh, receives a special outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the Sacrament of Confirmation. Uh, And so there's something special happening with the Holy Spirit in that sacrament. Um, So what does the Holy Spirit do? What is the work and the effect and the action of the Holy Spirit? What do we we know? We know of some. Um, The Holy Spirit challenges the Christian to go out into the world to proclaim God's peace and God's joy. That's one of the things the Holy Spirit kind of pushes us out there um, to do that. Uh, The Holy Spirit sends us to console the suffering with compassion. um, And that's an important thing, too. That's part of going out into the world to have the effect of spreading uh, God's good news in the world. Uh, It's particularly important for us to understand that uh, some of the people that are best, most able, equipped to uh, console the suffering are the people that have suffered themselves, especially the people that have suffered greatly themselves. Um, How do we know this? Well, take take a person that's had cancer. Uh, Cancer can be such a challenging suffering experience mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. uh, That's the great suffering. And a person that might recover from cancer then becomes particularly effective and helpful in supporting another person that's just starting to deal with cancer and cancer treatment and recovery. Uh, We see this all the time. Uh, A person who has gone through bereavement, grief, because they lost a loved one, is particularly helpful uh, to be able to console someone who is suffering with the loss of a loved one. Um, And so uh, we know that the Holy Spirit is at When that is able to happen, the Holy Spirit is participating in making that happen, that beautiful consolation and compassion. Uh, The Holy Spirit leads us to rely on God, not just our own self. So it's it's our human temptation. It's our human uh, pride, one of our weaknesses, our character defects, if you will. Uh, that makes us want to do it ourselves to have this pick me up by my own bootstraps kind of mentality. It's very common in the United States, especially it's like our culture, right? Um, And so the Holy Spirit kind of prompts and prods and encourages us to kind of question that and say, you know, you can't do it on your own. Don't you have enough evidence? You know, look look at your arrests for your DWIs, you know, look at Look at your losing you, things that you've lost because of your gambling addiction. Look at your wrecked health because of your cocaine addiction, uh, uh, being overweight because of your food addiction. Uh, don't you know? Haven't you learned? Can't you see that, that doing, trying to fix these things on your own by yourself, by your own willpower isn't working? And so perhaps you might consider leaning on God, relying on God and the help of others In order to make these changes in your life and that's such a key part of uh, recovery from addictions and mental afflictions Uh, the holy spirit heals so anytime we see healing happening we know the holy spirit is at work in that uh and and we can be confident in that and we can give thanks to that when we see the person with a broken arm their broken arm is healed we see the power of the Holy Spirit has brought about that healing. Thanks be to God. Uh, The Holy Spirit gives grace in order to make us whole again. Um, Very common in addictions and mental afflictions for us to to feel like we're falling apart, to feel like we're somewhat fragmented. Um, In the famous book on sexual addiction, uh, Patrick Carnes talks about coming out of the shadows, that there's uh, the A uh, part of sexual addiction that the person kind of acts normal and presents uh, some a normal persona to the world to family and coworkers, but behind the scenes they're doing uh, these compulsive sexual behaviors that nobody knows about, and so they're not whole they're fragmented they're they're not integrated that frequently happens with addictions and unhealthy relationships. Uh, we also see it happen with mental illnesses and uh, this concept of the Holy Spirit bringing wholeness, restoring us to wholeness and integrity is, is a key part of what the Holy Spirit might do in recovery. Um, in Psalm, beautiful Psalm 104, it talks about the Holy Spirit renewing the face of the earth. And so the Holy Spirit renews, makes new. You know, think think of like, you know, finding something that's old and rusted and you polish it up, right? And so it's like the Holy Spirit is renewing it, making it new again. It's just a beautiful image of what the Holy Spirit does. Uh, So what else about the Holy Spirit is important for our discussion today? Um, uh, This priest, Father Jeff Nicholas, um, a few years ago, wrote a great little article. You can search it up on the Internet. Uh, He talks about embodied spirits and that that human beings are embodied spirits. So you know you may have you may have heard uh somebody say this this common phrase that um, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And so this idea of embodied spirits uh, is important for us as we consider the Holy Spirit uh, because we're thinking about God and we're thinking about us as human beings. Um, Saint Paul says. Uh, in uh, Romans, is excellent. Chapter 8 in Romans. Those who live according to the flesh are intent on things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit on those of the Spirit. The tendency of the flesh is toward death, but that of the Spirit toward life and peace. Such a great uh, passage. So if you think about addictions, what happens to addictions and Mental and physical illnesses when they're not treated, uh, right? If you have cancer, of course, what happens with cancer? It eventually overtakes you if you don't receive any treatment. uh, Cancer brings you to to death frequently if it's there's no treatment. Uh, Same thing happens with alcoholism. A person who's struggling with alcohol, the the disease is chronic and it's progressive. It gets worse and worse, uh, and alcohol will kill you. Will destroy your liver and kidneys and so forth. Um, so we often see the danger, great danger of addictions and mental illnesses. Uh, if you have severe depression, there's no treatment, then it's it's uh, you're in danger of of suicide that happens as a result of depression. So um, we, we see that uh, these these struggles that we have as humans that that have these uh, problems. Uh, Difficulties of the flesh lead to death when they're not arrested, when there's no treatment, when there's no intervention, when there's no spiritual transformation. And so uh, the tendency of the flesh is toward death. But, but when we uh, are connecting with God and are being transformed and healed by the Holy Spirit, uh, it's bringing us toward life and peace. When, when we engage in our chemotherapy, our cancer may go into remission. When we uh, go into treatment for depression, our depression may go into remission, and and so, uh, you know, these things like like uh, sex addiction or, or food, compulsive food uh, over uh, overeating, these these kinds of things are things of the flesh that lead us uh, to bad places, and death sometimes. And so this quote from uh, Saint Paul is saying that. But listen to this. Uh, St. Paul continues in the same chapter 8 of Romans. He says, creation is not without hope because the world itself will be freed from its slavery to corruption and share in the glorious freedom of the children of God. So uh, it's almost as if St. Paul is saying, wow, this is difficult, difficult stuff, this situation that we're in uh, with our human nature. Um, But but have hope, uh, the world can be freed from its slavery corruption. Uh, and, and that's what we're talking about, the Holy Spirit today, to give us some hope. Uh, what else does the Holy Spirit do? Um, Saint Irenaeus says that the Holy Spirit pre- prepares us to be fruitful, um, just like water, fertilizer, and sunlight for my tomato plants. Um, you know, I, I put water, fertilizer, and put my plants in the sun, uh, because I want to have fruitful tomatoes, right? I like tomatoes. So St. Irenaeus says that the Holy Spirit is like, is like what you're doing with your tomato plants to make them fruitful, to bear good fruit. The Holy Spirit does that in human beings so that we can be fruitful. And what does it mean to be fruitful as a human being? It means that we get enough healing from our addictions, our, infl- our afflictions, our unhealthy attachments, uh, mental, physical, emotional, whatever they might be, traumas, we get enough healing so that we can be fruitful. The Holy Spirit helps accomplish this in us. Uh, the, the work of the Holy Spirit and our our cooperation with that action of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and and to be fruitful humans means we can do some service. We can offer something back into the community. Uh, we can go forth as, as uh, we talked about earlier uh, and spread the peace and the joy of of God into. This world, it seems so dark sometimes. It seems so difficult. Um, And so the Holy Spirit uh, prepares us and renews us so that we can be fruitful in that way. Um, St. Irenaeus says if we are not to be scorched and made unfruitful, we need the dew of God. Imagine my tomato plants with the morning dew. Uh, so that they're not going to be scorched by, you know, 95 degrees of Houston heat. Uh, so the Holy Spirit is like that protective, rest, restoring dew. Uh, St. Irenaeus goes on, since we have our accuser, and he's referring to the devil, he's referring to Satan there, since we have our accuser, we need an advocate as well. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit as an advocate. The Holy Spirit is like a defense lawyer, like an advocate uh, in some ways. So we need somebody to advocate, help us. The Holy Spirit is a helper. Uh, We have our accuser that's trying to drag us down with these addictions, these afflictions, and so forth. We need an advocate as well. Uh, Thank you, St. Irenaeus, for that, that beautiful language. So what's, again, the connection between Pentecost and recovery? Uh, The Holy Spirit is an essential ingredient in any healing. And that's a point that I want to make today as we approach the Feast of the Pentecost. Um, The Holy Spirit uh, doesn't bring this healing necessarily through a single event. However, there may be significant breakthroughs. Um, The founder of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous had a, a spiritual experience in the hospital Um, He encountered the Holy Spirit, I think, in the hospital, and it helped him have a breakthrough in his recovery from alcoholism. Uh, We see that uh, in recoveries. We see this in spiritual conversions. Uh, We see this happen all the time. It's the Holy Spirit doing some work. Uh, It may not be a single event all the time, but it may be a series of events, uh, little breakthroughs here and there. Um, All throughout the recovery process, my my experience as a psychologist and the person in recovery, all throughout the recovery process, we see the action of the Holy Spirit bringing about transformation, helping to overcome uh, human obstacles. Think of all those obstacles that we talked about last time, and the Holy Spirit participating in our overcoming uh, some of those obstacles. You know, you think of the person that says, oh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have a cocaine problem. I, I can control my cocaine I just use on the weekend a little bit. You know, it's not a problem. Um, the Holy Spirit has a power to break through and to help that person see that, wow, this is a dangerous thing. This can lead me to a bad end. Uh, it's hurting my family. It's getting uh, in the way of my job and so forth. To, to have that insight, to have that illumination. And that clear thinking that's an example of the work of the holy spirit in recovery um, so that's our topic for today i hope you've enjoyed this you know the topic for today is kind of a, a spiritual uh, focus a little bit um, the other three presentations that came before were more practical and kind of hands-on uh, aspects of recovery uh, but this is uh for your consideration today how to integrate the holy spirit into your recovery process and especially being uh, being conscious and aware of this as we celebrate uh, the feast of the Holy Spirit, uh, the feast of uh, Pentecost this Sunday. Um, I want to remind you that we have some resources for uh, chastity and also for the uh, coronavirus on our uh, website, uh, the Grazia Plena website. If you're watching on the video, you can point your camera phone onto this QR code, and it will take you there, or you can type in. Uh, the link that you see on the screen. Um, If you're listening on podcasts, you can go to our website, Grazia Plana Counseling, um, and look for About Us. And then uh, if you follow About Us, there's a place that says uh, uh, a list of resources. And that's what we're talking about here. Um, So let's, as we always do, let's finish with our closing prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Please join with me. St. Michael, the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam around the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Uh, The next time we get together, uh, the next episode or session, we're going to focus on social support, the importance of social support and recovery. Um, Some of you may not like to hear this, but I'm going to talk about how important this ingredient is in the recovery process. Uh, We don't find our healing alone. And that's one of the wonderful mysteries of having afflictions and addictions is that it it causes us to get to a point where we need to rely on others. And that's a beautiful, wonderful gift. and then finally, uh, I always like to mention that these episodes are presented free. We don't make people pay for them. Uh, we encourage you to spread them around and let other people see and know about them if you think they're helpful. Um, if you are so moved to give a little donation for our work at Grazia Plena, we are a nonprofit organization. Uh, we mostly provide counseling of different types plus a spiritual direction. Uh, And we do this with very low fees often. We ask people to pay what they can afford. Uh, And so if you go to uh, this link on our website, again, if you have a a phone and you're looking on a video, you can shoot this QR code with your phone camera. uh, Or you can go to our website and at the very top in the blue banner, uh, there's a place that says donate. And you're welcome to chip in five or ten dollars or whatever you like uh, to continue to support our ministry. Uh, So thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this little session today on uh, uh, how Pentecost and recovery, how the Holy Spirit and recovery uh, may be considered together. I hope you'll reflect on a little bit uh, during the week, maybe do some writing and praying about it, and uh, then we'll get together for the topic next time. Take care and God bless you.